What's up, folks? My name is Victor Nieves. This is the Deep Dive Podcast. Now, I've got a story I want to share with you. This is actually out of Colombia. It's kind of interesting. The Colombian vice president has declared that she wants, quote, colonizing countries to pay racial justice reparations to all of the African descents. Now, obviously, as as somebody you know, in the government in Colombia, you know, a lot of the people in Colombia could potentially stand to gain, you know, she's demanded this, by the way, before the United Nations. She went before the UN and said that all of these predominantly white nations need to uh, write a check. They need to write a check and pay a bunch of the Afro-descendant and African people because of the prior sins of slavery. And listen, uh, the slavery was a horrible, horrible thing. And if there was some, you know, possible way that we could have just made everything better, we could have just undone that sin, right? If there was a confession booth that we could go to to just undo it, I think it would have been a worthwhile endeavor. But now, listen, listen, now we are a hundred some odd years separated from the end of slavery, at least in the West. Traditionally, slavery ended in the mid-1800s. The slave trade ended around that same time. We are generations and generations and generations detached from when slavery happened to request reparations today. And then we're going to bring up, I want to hit, I bring this story up because we're going to hit on this conversation of reparations because it's growing. This is a growing topic. We've seen several prominent Democrat lawmakers, you know, members of Congress, etc., that have been making a very similar plea. They're saying, we want reparations in the United States. It would just be, uh, you know, the, the government, presumably, or, or just white people or whatever it is, paying reparations to black people. But, uh, you know, in, in this case, this Colombian vice president is actually advocating for this before the United Nations. But either way whether it's global reparations from the so-called colonial countries or whether it's just localized, you know, United States, American reparations. Either way, the basic logic, the basic argument remains about the same. And this is, this is potentially going to surprise a lot of people. I'm not actually against. Listen, stick with me the whole way. Stick with me the whole way before you get your pitchforks out, before you light up the torch and you go to run me out of town. Listen to the whole thing. I'm not actually against the concept of reparations. We've actually done this before. We, we have done reparations in our country's past. In fact, the definition of reparations is the making of amends for a wrong one has done by paying money or to otherwise help those who have been wronged. There, there's nothing inherently wrong with reparations. In fact, like I said, we've done it in the past. For example, you just have to go back to the 1940s. In the 1940s, FDR, this is a horrible thing. You can, you can look up uh, the Supreme Court decision on this. It was called the Korematsu such and such case. But the basic history is that FDR during World War II thought that there was a potential that the Japanese would attack our western coast, so like California, etc., 
And so FDR decided that he was going to pass some executive order 9066 or something along those lines, and, and that he was going to move Japanese American citizens. These were American citizens who just happened to be of Japanese heritage or of Japanese descent. He said that they were a threat to the mainland United States. Even though they were U.S. citizens, he said, well, because they're Japanese and we're at war with Japan, we cannot trust these American citizens. So he moved them into internment camps. Now, that's just a really quick, uh, like like a spark note style, a real quick summary of what happened. There's a lot more history into that. And it is it is very interesting. It's definitely worth looking into. But he moved these American citizens Massive, massive constitutional violation, in my opinion. It was shockingly upheld at the Supreme Court in Korematsu, but he moved these American citizens into internment camps. Now, the internment camps, I don't want to paint too nasty of a picture. Some people assume that these were American concentration camps. They definitely were not. They weren't concentration camps, but it was wrong. It was definitely, definitely wrong. It was moving people against their will to a different location that were American citizens. Well, because of that, years later, we, the United States, we passed what was called the Civil, the Civil Liberties Act, and we awarded $20,000 each to about 80,000 Japanese Americans as reparations for the way that they were treated under FDR. Now, in my opinion, that was okay. These were people who were directly wronged. They had their constitutional rights violated by the United States government, and I think it was only fair that they get some sort of reimbursement. It's like when you sue somebody after they, you know, uh, hit you with a lead pipe, you get some form of of financial reimbursement for the wrongdoings that they committed against you. I'm not inherently against that. I think that the concept of that is okay, but For reparations to be even remotely, remotely reasonable, here's the big kicker. They have to be timely. You have to actually give the reparations to the person who was directly affected. So if we were, as a country or as a world, if we were going to pay reparations to try and fix the wrongs, to try and make up for the wrongs of slavery, we would have had to have done so when slavery ended. In the eighteen, the mid-1800s, we would have had to have been timely about it. We would have had to immediately have followed up to the people who were actually slaves, who had had their rights violated, who had, who had, had been through you know atrocious violations of their civil rights. Those are the people to whom we would have given reparations. Now, we're a hundred some odd years in the future. We're generations and generations and generations detached from the original thing that actually happened. And now, we've got white people like, like me and many of you, white people walking around that had nothing in any way, shape, or form. We, we had nothing to do with it. And you have black people walking around who may be the legitimate descendants to some extent of people who were affected, but their entire lives, they have never been slaves. They were never directly personally affected by it. So why would it ever make sense that you would take money from people who did nothing wrong and give it to people 
who never experienced the actual civil rights violation. The, 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 the window of opportunity for a legitimate implementation of you know, monetary reparations it's gone. We, we are no longer living in a time frame where reparations would make any sense whatsoever because you, me, presumably, I, I guess I can only speak for myself here, but I would sure hope that none of us listening have ever owned slaves, right? If you, if you are currently someone who owns slaves, I, I, come and tell me that and I'll have a conversation with the local police because you're a piece of crap. So anyways, I just say all that to say that the reparations conversation is happening. It's go- It's been happening for a long time, but it's gaining a little bit of steam. There are some prominent people, especially now that we've had the rise of the Black Lives Matter organization. <clears throat> There's definitely some prominent figures out there, members of Congress, etc., that are really going to be pushing this hard. And, and to me, that's that's going to be my stance. That's going to be my rebuttal is that I'm not necessarily inherently against the concept or the idea of, of some sort of financial reparation. I think that that, in many cases, is appropriate and perhaps would have even been appropriate at the time, right? Way back in the 1850s, that would have been appropriate at that time. But it didn't happen then, and that's a problem of the past. But we, you and I today, we had nothing to do with that. So even though the concept of reparations may not be inherently horrible, I'm not a fan of it hundreds of years after the fact. It would make no sense. Like, for example, if I walked up, you know, you the listener right now, I'm just talking directly to you. If I, Victor Nieves, walked up to you and smacked you across the face five times, picked up a handful of pea gravel and threw it at you and then walked away, you could sue me for that. You could sue me and probably get some money out of me. If I was to do something like that, you could probably get me in jail too. But if you did nothing, if if you didn't sue me, or if maybe even maybe the system didn't allow you to sue me, whatever it might have been, one way or another, you don't get any justice. You don't get anything, you know, for me having done all of that horrible stuff to you. And then 150 years go by, 200 years go by, we're both long since dead. And your great, great, great grandkid finds out what what my great 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 grandkids great 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 granddad did to yours right you understand what i'm saying if our descendants 150 years down the road find out what happened if they find out what i did to you your descendant would not be able to sue mine your descendant wouldn't be able to go forward and say well his great 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 grandpappy did something bad to my great 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 grandpappy so I want him to give me 20 bucks. No, that, that's not how that works. Unfortunately, right? Unfortunately, there is no justice for what happened to you. There's no justice for what I did to you. Certainly not justice 150 years down the road between two parties that were never involved in what actually happened. So that's my, that's my take. That's my position whenever it comes to this topic of reparations. So I'm sorry to the Colombian vice president I'm just not having it. You also have some more logistical problems as far as deciding who actually gets to receive, like assuming that they go forward with some sort of reparations legislation or something. How exactly, you know, logistically you would divvy out this money? What would be the requirement? Would you just have to be black? 
Or would you have to prove some sort of direct lineage? Would you have to say, well, yeah, I can identify through the records that my great, great, great granddad was a slave on XYZ plantation. It's possible. My guess is people would not like that. People would say, no, I don't, I shouldn't have to provide an actual uh, link. And in some cases there might be an argument there because it might be very difficult to trace lineage, especially uh, lineage back to, you know, slave era times because there was a lot of really, 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 really bad stuff that happened and people got, you know, shipped off and sold to different areas and it would be very difficult to trace family lineage. But you do run into a real logistical issue, although that's certainly not uh, my my primary concern. Anyway, so that's my uh, that's my thoughts. Whenever it comes to the topic of reparations, I apologize. This is definitely a shorter podcast than normal. I kind of threw it together uh, while I was traveling, threw it together while I was on the road. You may be able to have figured out uh, exactly how I did it. This last little section is recorded just off of my laptop. So uh, anyways, hopefully you guys enjoyed today. The reparations conversation is definitely, it's definitely a super interesting one. I just can't imagine reparations being appropriate for something that happened, you know, 150 years ago. Anyways, until next time, keep me in your prayers. Keep your country in your prayers. God bless.